Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. It's more than just a podcast. It's a source of insights to keep you tapped into all things data-driven so that you can be the most informed technical expert in the virtual room. Listen in weekly to stay educated on the latest trends in backup, recovery, storage, cloud, and security. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and on this episode of Data Protection Gumbo, I have two amazing individuals here. The first one, he is a Data Protection Gumbo alum. He's been on a few times. And uh, backed by popular demand, I uh, bring on Stephen Umbehocker, founder and CEO of OS Nexus. And as you know, he has worked in enterprise software in the storage industry for over 20 years with uh, engineering leadership roles at multiple companies from Citrix Systems, Symantec, and Veritas. And I also welcome John Conlin from Seagate. He's the territory manager over there at Seagate Live Cloud. So uh, I would like to welcome both of you gentlemen on to Data Protection Gumbo. How are you today, Stephen and John? Doing good. Great to be here. Thanks for having having me on, uh, Demetrius. Much appreciated. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. All right. So, yeah, once again, I appreciate you both for being on. And why don't we just start with both kind of what what you both are up to. Uh, So from the OS Nexus perspective, some of the innovation that's going on between OS Nexus and also Seagate Live Cloud. Uh, Why the the partnership here, gentlemen? And let's start with you, John. Happy to talk about it. Steve's made some phenomenal software, so I'm going to let him talk about that. But um, what he really does, OS Nexus elevates Seagate's Seagate's, uh, intellectual property um, and really helps fix a lot of customers' problems. Uh, Seagate's been manufacturer of systems for years, obviously 42 years strong in hard drive manufacturing. And then we've had our Seagate Live Cloud generally available. It's an S3 cloud storage solution, and it's been um, generally available for about two years now. And partnering with Steve's OS Nexus really brings a really, really nice full-fledged hybrid cloud solution that a lot of a lot of our customers have actually been you know looking for but we're, we're we're partnered up we've been doing a lot of testing a lot of documentation um bringing it to customers and getting a lot of interest on both sides nice and uh steven what about you we really started working heavily with seagate this year and it was such a uh, a funny thing because the Seagate servers and JBODs were something that we hadn't. Uh, the JBODs we've been using with customers for many years. The servers we hadn't. And and as we started collaborating more with Seagate and learning more about their portfolio, uh, especially these these uh, servers and the Core Vault systems, we found that Quantastore was like the perfect platform to really pull all the pieces together. And, and from there, we started looking at the Seagate Live Cloud saying, well, we can pull that together too. So it was, it was just really, we were just found just a serendipitous time to start working with Seagate. And so what we've done with the software is made it so that Quantastore can auto-tier uh, files, old files. You know, your customer can set the age of the files and have those automatically 
move them into the Seagate Live Cloud so it frees up local space. Um, and then we've integrated it with the, the AP uh, platform and the JBOD so that you can build scale up and scale out solutions on the Seagate hardware. So Seagate has a dual node server that's the 5U84 sort of real high density. And we can take that all in one unit and turn it into up, up to 1.6 petabytes of storage. And then using the core vaults with the 2U24, the all flash unit, we can um, do these hyperscale configurations where we've we've really done something innovative there around two layers of erasure coding. And uh, that bears some discussion too. The, the, uh, we can dive into that here in a bit, uh, but I, I want to kind of give the floor back to you for other questions. Yeah. And you, you, you kept throwing around an acronym JBOD. So that's just a bunch of disks. Is that correct? That's, that's right. Yeah. So Seagate is kind of known for making one of the industry standard uh, disk chassis or JBODs. Mm -hmm. They have a 5U84 that's been used throughout the ind industry. And it was originally came from Xyrotex. And, uh, and then rebranded as Seagate. And then Seagate's done a ton of innovation around that uh, since that acquisition many years ago. So, so yeah, they've now taken the disc chassis and made these canisters that you can uh, put in there to turn it into a dual node server uh, that we turn into a highly available SANAS storage solution. So it's really, really clever the way Seagate designed it because these removable canisters let you kind of use the same hardware and turn, you know, uh, disc chassis with two regular just, you know, uh, expansion controllers in there and replace those with servers and turn it into a Quantastore solution. So that's uh, really innovative and, and really easy to service because the canister just pulls out of the back like a power supply and you throw a new one in there and to replace it if there's anything that needs to be replaced. So it's like a field replaceable part. And so you're telling me there's no command you have to run to kind of freeze the system or run a script to power it down. You can just pull it, plug and play and pop it right in and it continues to run. Is that what I'm hearing? You got it. Yeah, it's highly available. So if you pull one canister and put a new one in, it'll continue to run on the other canister. Okay. Of course, the new canister, you know, the Quantastore software has to get installed on there, but then it can just reestablish high availability again with the new canister. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, I, I am continuing to have lots of conversations with CIOs and founders and co-founders, especially of uh, cybersecurity and security data protection companies out in the industry. And I continue to hear from them about uh, ransomware protection and things like immutability and air gap and all of these features, uh, AI and ML that, um, companies are now using to, you know, try to combat the uh, protection and detection and recovery part. W what are some of those features and functions uh, you would say between Seagate and OS Nexus that you both are using to make sure data is, is safe and, and secure? I, I think uh, it's really all about object storage with immutability. I mean, I, I, we, we were just talking with a customer yesterday and it was a, a smaller backup capacity was under a petabyte. And normally we would do that as file storage, but uh, the customers nowadays want object storage because it has this immutability feature where they can prevent 
the objects from being deleted. And maybe I'll pass the baton to John on that. We have a feature that you can turn on and off object immutability, and it will it will preserve the data in uh, how how it's laid out on. Uh, the object storage. And like Steve said, it's um, more and more applications, more everybody's uh, writing a lot more of their applications to object because object has a capability of utilizing these rather large drives, right? So of course, you know, we've, we've got the hammer technology at Seagate, 20 terabyte going to 30 terabyte next year, 40 terabyte the year after that, really the only way to kind of utilize those drives are in a, in a erasure coded methodology. And inside of that is, is immutability. So a customer, if they do come under uh, ransomware within Steve's uh, software, we can, we can, you know, bring it up in our cloud, bring it up on-prem, wherever, wherever the best place to bring it up is. Um, and we can, we can uh, secure that data utilizing object immutability for sure. Immutability has just become a must-have for so many organizations, uh, both for compliance reasons uh, and just for peace of mind around the, the benefits it gives you uh, in protecting organizations from uh, ransomware. Uh, with immutability on, if you try to modify the objects, if you try to mod- modify the backups, they can't be they can't be modified. It just refuses it, and so typically immutability is put in. Uh, you know, for some duration, uh, but uh, where maybe the files or objects can't be modified for 90 days, uh, sometimes they're just set permanently to be immutable uh, until um, uh, forever. But uh, generally, it comes with a particular re- retention period, and then uh, the data can be phased out by the backup software or whatever is being used. Yeah. I just wanted to add one quick point. All of this is in the really nice thing is all this is managed in Quantastore OS Nexus, you know, sort of one screen. But the nice addition that our customers are enjoying on that in utilizing Seagate Live Cloud, I mean, you can do that on prem with Corval, right? But utilizing Seagate Live Cloud gives you that extra copy that's off prem as well. So it's immutable, off prem really solves a lot of um, high availability issues. So it's been working great. Demetrius, you're asking about how the things have changed from doing backups to tape to doing backups to object. And now it's really two tiers of object. People do backup to object, and then they do a backup to another tier of archive object. And so it's this kind of the, the main sort of object tier, like a Seagate Live Cloud or an on-prem with Quantastore object becomes sort of the first target for backup. And then after a certain age, then uh, they move, might move it to another uh, tier of object storage that's even lower cost. And, and uh, sometimes those are object stores that are tape-backed. Uh, sometimes it's just another object store that's lower cost uh, because of its uh, location or how it's configured. Let's roll into the next question here. Um, and, you know, the main purpose of, you know, storing data and protecting data, backing up data, just from my perspective, is being able to recover exactly when you need that data. Um, now, when you're talking in the cloud, you're talking ingress and egress fees and the cost, you know, can be significant if you need to bring data back uh, from from the cloud to like an on-premises location. Have you guys had any conversations around recoverability and some of the costs associated with, you know, moving data between clouds and back on premises or not? And, and John, can, can we maybe start with you? Yeah, happy to, because what you're touching on is, is um, really 
the premise of what Seagate Live Cloud was was built for. I like to say Seagate Live Cloud was built for CIOs by a CIO. We, our CIO is Ravi Naik, and Ravi consolidated 28 of our data centers down to two availability zones. I'm not going to say who, but uh, uh, our costs were getting pretty exorbitant. So he kind of scratched his head, looked at it after a couple of years in, in uh, one of the hyperscalers and said, you know, I, we can build this. And he built it and uh, built it according to his team specs and what, what our internal Seagate, you know, we're an $11 billion company, right? So we've got really quite, quite a few requirements that our team needs with development and testing and day-to-day business and, you know, all that. So we built it for that. We were customer number one and, um, you know, roll it forward to two years. They, he built it really, um, kind of for that bulk, what I say bulk storage, but, you know, bulk data, uh, requirements. So we are, we are, uh, priced out positively exactly, um, uh, addressing uh, exactly what you just said, Demetrius, and that, you know, we're $9 a terabyte price list. We have no additional, what I call use tax. So use your data, you know, egress fees or no ingress fees, um, no API connectivity fees, no additional fees whatsoever. So you can use your data, you can bring, you know, bring it in, store it, you can run, you know, um, uh, AI against it, ML, whatever you want to do. If, if you didn't like it, pull it out. If you, um, wanted to uh, mirror it somewhere else, you know, either one of our additional availability zones, or maybe you need, you know, data in another space, you know, there's no fees. So there's, as a matter of fact, and I, I'm not, I'm not sure how many of these big logos I can tell you about, but one of the really biggest logos likes it because their their costs were just going up and down. It was driving the CFO absolutely nuts, and you know their their business is predicated on the fact that customers were going to be taking their data out, and they look at they look at it and they go they know exactly what they're storing about a petabyte and a half in our cloud, and they're like, you know, take that times nine dollars and a terabyte, and we know exactly where we're going to be at, and that that's uh, that's solved a lot of their issues. So yeah. I think that just gives so much freedom to the customers too, because they they know if they want to go move it or make another copy of it, that it's not going to go add a whole bunch of additional fees because the egress and in, in, ingest fees are both zero. It's amazing. Yeah, and we were we're we're actually even getting like a lot of bad behavior. So the the uh, uh, with the other clouds, the the management was coming to them say, hey, you stop testing your data or, you know, stop doing all these things. And quite frankly, they have to do, you have to test your data. You have to test it to see if it's there and if it's working or use it or test it against different data sets, right? Many of our customers have come on board just because of that reason, because they don't, they want to be able to test all day long, whatever they want to. Yeah. 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 That kind of, you know, some of the object stores use tape behind there and just the low recovery rates just make it so that it's super expensive to recover data and it's super slow at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing anyone maybe migrate data from tape into, into like a system, like a Seagate live cloud or any combination? It's one of our, it's one of our most successful business units, Demetrius. We actually have a whole team that's been doing that for about 20 years oh, wow. where we will take just about any type of media, 
and we will ingest it onto our cloud. And we call that whole process is we'll take any LTO one through 12, eight mil, four mil, DLT, whatever tape format and ingest it in our cloud. So now they can actually put that into a live media, which is, which is object storage. And we're also seeing, because we're Seagate, our cloud is always on, on spinning disk. It's okay. always live media. Uh, and w- what about for you, uh, Stephen? Are you, are, you, are, are you seeing any, any use cases for tape and, and quanta store and just uh, object storage overall? Yeah, I, I, a lot of increase in demand for object storage over the last year. And I think one of the interesting things, too, is, is I think object storage is starting to become more of a performance tier at the same time. I think a few years ago, object storage was always you know, viewed as something that is uh, slower than file or NAS storage. But with uh, modern day object storage clusters, you've got load balancers in front of them, distributing the load evenly across a large number of systems. And so uh, these, these object storage configurations can deliver tens of gigabytes per second of throughput. It's really uh, quite amazing the performance numbers that, uh, that we can get. And so we've got some customers doing uh, rack scale, uh, all flash uh, object storage clusters as well. So it's, it's, a, it's very much a growing space. And, and yeah, and it's just it's great to see it evolving into a performance uh, protocol. Okay. And maybe one more question for you both, and uh, let's begin to wrap up here. If, if you had to, and I'm not sure if you guys are super privy to the backup and recovery persona, the backup administrator, and maybe let's throw a, a cloud architect in there as well. Let's say that they were maybe operating in kind of a legacy mindset and they're kind of stuck in their own traditional ways of doing things. No, yeah, we've been doing this forever, but we've been teetering and thinking about, you know, moving to a solution or moving uh, into the cloud or some type of um, modern way of doing things. I'm going to leave it open. What, what would you tell that backup administrator or that cloud architect, John? You want me to go first, huh? Mm-hmm, always. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, first off, don't be afraid. It's um, it's it's uh, it's it's not a it's not a big leap of faith whatsoever, in my opinion. It's um, it's just evolving into the into the next step. As a matter of fact, you know they're going to have really all the same tools. Uh, the the best part of it is that they're you know the promise of the cloud is just sort of the big easy button. And the reality is they don't have to deal with tapes, bit rotting, how are you testing them? Are you really testing them? All of this ongoing, you know, day-to-day mundane stuff that let's be honest, it's really probably not happening because out of sight, out of mind, right? When those things are, are sitting either uh, at one of the tape repositories or maybe another location, everybody's busy with what's in front of them. And the reality is the cloud brings that to life. So there's they still have to deal with backups, still have to deal with recovery. The beauty is going to get rid of probably 50% of your mundane stuff to allow you to retool and work on more things that are 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 directly positive to the bottom line of the business. So learning new tools, learning things like AI and ML, right? And, you know, getting to understand uh, some of the additional 
modernization of really what's going on in IT these days and, you know, cloud, uh, what is it, data center 4.0. So, Stephen. I, I think it really kind of depends on the scale that they're at. If it's a business where maybe they've got less than a couple hundred terabytes of capacity, their cost of going to the cloud is really inexpensive. And so it's just kind of a no-brainer because like John was saying, it's just the day-to-day -day operations of just having your backups go directly to the cloud is just such a breath of fresh air for, for backup and IT administrator to know that they don't have to go and shuffle tapes and, and uh, just deal with all the, the possibilities of, of ways that a tape drive can fail or whatever. Where, uh, where it starts to get more interesting is for these large organizations where it's like they're over a petabyte a month. So with like the large uh, object storage players, a petabyte per month is like over $20,000. So that can be a million dollars of spend. Yeah, over five years, you're at 1.2 million plus, and that's not including egress fees and things like that. So object storage really stacks up expensively at large scale. And that's where at OS Nexus, we focus on taking care of those those types of customers so they can build their own cloud. So they can go and buy the Seagate hardware, combine it with the Quantastore software as a solution and, and have their own uh, cloud. And now their costs drop by you know, 70, 80% or more versus the public cloud. So it's kind of like, uh, do you build your own private cloud or, or do you go with the existing public cloud? And uh, and that for backup, I, I think that's one of the key metrics. There's other cases where you might still need to put petabytes of storage in the public cloud because maybe it's for a content delivery network and you'd need all the network connectivity and all that kind of stuff. And that's where you'd want to just use something like a Seagate Live Cloud to just move move all the data there. But uh, there's that calculus that has to be done. Um, and it's really important to do that math on what's your burn rate going to be like having the data in the cloud uh, and figure out, okay, I'm going to have this much data to begin with and I'm going to grow to this point. What's my bill going to look like at current rate? Because it's, I think it surprises a lot of people. I think a lot of companies got caught out like, oh, hey, we're just going to move everything to the cloud and they go and they do it. And then they start getting the month to month bill and it's some sticker shock. And it's it's important to kind of do the five-year plan, see where you're at, and see if you are a hybrid cloud, private cloud, you know, object storage uh, company, or uh, that that it should that it's cost-effective to move it all public cloud. Okay, yeah, and you that that point you made around not truly understanding what some of the costs are in order to operate in the cloud. Um, I, I recently did a podcast episode with David Hunnemeyer Hansen, and you know he talked about why they left the cloud and it was a very successful episode. So I, I will recommend for both of you guys to go back and, and watch that if you haven't already. And also for potential listeners of the audience that uh, may not have already seen that episode as well. So I truly enjoyed this conversation and uh, my hat is off to you, to John. John stepped in on a short notice and was available and he jumped on and, and I think he knocked it out of the park, but I'll let you know what the numbers look like uh, once once things go live here, John. So thank you both. Is there any final words or any kind of outgoing message that you want to provide? And John, you and then Stephen, you can you can close out as well. Uh, I'm you can find me on LinkedIn. That's that's my main 
that's my main business. Uh, and just John Conlin, J-O-H-N space C-O-N-L-I-N at uh, Seagate er, on LinkedIn. Uh, do a search there and you should find me. I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota, um, trying to withstand all the snow here these days. But um, um, no, I really appreciate the discussion, Demetrius and Steve. Thank you very much. It was excellent. Yeah, well, likewise, you can find me on LinkedIn and also steve at osnexus.com. Uh, yeah, we're a pleasure. I think uh, uh, it's just a really interesting time in storage right now. A lot of, lot of cool innovations happening and uh, uh, just across the media, like John was getting at with the Seagate hard drives going from 20 to 40 uh, terabytes per device. It's, uh, it's, it's, some, it's some interesting times. Well, all right. Thank you both for being guests on Data Protection Gumbo. Let's sign off. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.